Oh, we are live. Holy cow. I was just saying to Josh that, man, my chair is squeaky tonight, but I don't know what's going on. But hey, uh, welcome back to Fight Out of Montana. We've got another episode, guys. Uh, it is tournament time. Uh, so we're going to talk some basketball. Uh, but first, we got to give a, a Grizz update because there's some huge things happening around Grizz sports. So um, first of all, uh, men's tennis. Uh, they are having a pretty good year. You know, they're, they're just starting their season, guys. Uh, they're four and four, four and five overall, um, which is kind of a weird because they 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 start back in September and then they take a then go towards November, take a break, start back up in January, um, just to kind of go back down since January. Uh, they played North Dakota. They lost three to four. Played Whitworth a couple times. Beat them seven to zero. Beat Eastern Washington seven to zero. Lost uh, three to four to Air Force and two to five to Abilene uh, Christian. They postponed UNLV and San Diego. Uh, they were canceled. They played Whitman 7-0. They lost to Gonzaga 0-7. Uh, UC Davis got canceled. And then this last week, they were two and two and five loss against Sacramento State. So, um Definitely, if you, you have the chance, go support the uh, men's tennis program. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's that time of year where there's a lot of sports going on um, and pr- pretty crazy time of the year. Yeah, there's, there's literally, I think right now, indoor track just got done. Yep. Spring track starts. <laughs> Softball's been going now for about four weeks. You got lacrosse, yeah, and just about everything else that I think that you could possibly imagine going on right now. Oh, man. The only thing, oh no, football's going on right now too. Is football so. too? It's spring spring practice. Just Literally, started, everybody's what, going yesterday. So, uh, women's tennis. They're three and six. Just to give you a down low on on what they are doing. I'm uh, pulling up their schedule here. Uh, three and six. So if you go down here, sorry, I'm gonna. Uh, they played Cincinnati, which is, that's a Cincinnati and Utah. Holy cow. Those are, they went 0 and 4 against Utah, 1 and 4 against Cincinnati played Lewis and Clark state, which I think that's a division two team, uh, five to two and seven to zero played Whitman, uh, like the men did six to one played Idaho state. They were two and five with a loss there. And then UC Davis, they're one and six. Uh, they do play this Friday at Sacramento state. Uh, so definitely um, that next weekend they play versus Montana State uh, here in Missoula. So be, you know, go support them at the Peak Racquetball or Racket Club. Uh, see if you can. I don't even know if you can go there. Do you even know if you can go there and like support? It used to be that you could. Um, huh, that'd be um, when they used to play in the bubble. Oh, okay. Yeah. When they used to play in the bubble, you could. Um, I, and it's been years, but the, yeah. since they've been at peak, um, I, I got a real, I think there's gotta be a little bit of availability to watch, but it's not going to probably be not the be best, very big uh, uh, spectator remotely. assignment. It's much better when, uh, you know, things unthaw and they can actually play at the U of M, yeah. um, on the open courts, but yeah. you know, it's, uh. I think we're a little ways away from that at this point. Oh man. Uh, yeah. We still have lots and lots of snow here in Wyoming. Right. So, uh, softball, uh, they have had a hard, uh, hard year there. This is so like, they, they've played some tough, 
competition. So like that 0-15 record that you guys are seeing on YouTube, if you are seeing us on YouTube, they've played some extreme um, some, some extreme teams. So just going down, Middle Tennessee, they lost by one. Um, and which is cool is they have a lot of these like tournament games, like the classics where they're playing all these teams. Um, so uh, they played Fresno State, lost four to nine. They played Fresno State again. They lost four to eight. Uh, they lost to UC, UC Riverside, zero to eight. Played Middle Tennessee again, three to nine. Uh, they played Cal State Bakersfield, and they lost in nine innings by one run. Uh, played Hawaii, they lost one to ten. They played CSU Bakersfield again, they lost three to seven. Played UNLV, they lost six to 14. Played Hawaii, 0 and seven. South Dakota, they were one and two. Grand Canyon, they lost zero to eight. Uh, played uh, Grand Canyon again, lost three to seven. Played Utah State two games. They lost three to nine and nine to 12. And so they will be going to the San Diego Classic. That's where, Josh, you could go see some. Songs. Yeah, I may. Uh, well, it really depends. Um, that may be, I may be trying to get to that since it's yeah. just right down the road from where I'm at. No, they, they're struggling in part because uh, they're, they're one of their two starting pitchers um, uh, ended up with a, a rather freak injury right before the season started. And so oh, she's okay. going to be out. Uh, Dana Butterfield's going to be out. I, I honestly don't know, but the, the sort of rumor of the word on the street is that she's going to be out until at least April. Oh, and wow. then they've had, and then they, they're missing their other, their number two right now, okay. um, who has missed most of the last two tournaments. Um, because of an arm injury she picked up when she was pitching against UNLV about a week and a half or two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a, a bit of hard run. It's one of those sports yeah. where if you don't have good starting pitching, and so they've had to lean on two freshman girls to pitch, and it there's a huge transition between going from high school where you're really super duper successful, <laughs> um, where the where the girls. Um, you can get girls to offer at pitches outside of the zone to yeah. the college game where their strike zone awareness gets a lot better. And they just struggled, you know, putting girls away and it's just, and they've, they've walked probably more than you would either ever care to admit. There's, I did a deep dive on this the other day. They've, they're basically, you know, averaging a free pass in inning, which is probably Ooh, not a, that's not, not good. a, not a, not a good way to win, Ooh. win games. So, you know, their offense has struggled a little bit, but most of it's just come down to the fact that they haven't been competitive because they just don't right now. And if they get healthy again, they've got enough talent um, defensively. They're super athletic. Um, oh, yeah. But they're just not. It's hard to be in games when you're giving up, you know, seven, seven eight runs a shot. Yeah. And, you know, probably half of them come from uh, runners who get on because they're um, walked or hit by pitched. Yeah, you know, I think they, I think it was some weird number, but I think it was like something like 35, 35 girls they've hit in Ooh. in fifteen games. It's just some really large number. It's, well, it's part of it's healthy. So that's yeah, I hope good. they do too. And yeah. and if they do, they, I you know they, they were supposed to be picked third in the conference, and oh, I okay. think I think honestly. If they got both of them back, I think they could fit because this conference isn't as good as it was last year because Weaver was really good last year. Yeah. Yep. And and this year, I think if if things aligned, 
Um, they'll be okay enough offensively, but if they can get their pitching in order, they'll be competitive with, um, cause no team in the conference right now has a winning record. No. Um, well, and- see, like, I think, I think, uh, Portland state's it. I think they might be seven and seven or it might be Sac state, but it, there's not a lot of difference. I mean, there's, you know, that's most of them have like, because they all have the same problem. They are all cold weather teams except for Sac and, they go play in these tournaments against, you know, upper or mid-level tier conference teams Yeah, from, you know, whether like this week or in uh, Mountain West. And yep. it's, it's a little bit of a hop, uphill slog. Yeah. Um, so our, our conference gets bodied a little bit during the preseason tournaments because they're playing, you know, Pac-12 and yeah. Mountain West or even SEC schools. So. Well, and the, this is kind of kind of a it, it's weird, but it's kind of cool too because like going towards you, San Diego, their classic that they're going to play in this week, they, their first games against like Boston University. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that's weird because like it's all, all the rest of them are like California teams, San yeah. Diego, Long Beach State, San Diego State, and I'm like, how would Boston, you know, go from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast? That's a weird team. And, to have and like a few years ago this has become more of a pattern for college softball because it used to be that teams would play in three or four really super large tournaments um, a year. And, and like the one that was really super popular here was, it was actually a two weekend tournament um, that they would split, you know, the, the number of teams in half. So you'd have like 54 teams and they'd be in Palm Springs Oh, wow. for two weeks. Wow. And so it would have almost all the PAC 12 schools. Most of the sec schools all would play in it, but things have changed now quite a bit in the last four or five years. And I think COVID had played a little bit of a role in that, yeah. that everybody started to regionalize their schedule a more, but anything, anybody North of basically mid Nebraska spends all pretty much the um, first, probably two months solid on the road. I mean, it's, yeah. It, it people don't really sort of get it. Same thing with baseball, but it's a, it's the biggest reason why baseball and softball are so expensive, is that they have to fork out, you know, buco bucks on travel expenses. Yeah, and so that's why they do the tournaments now because they get bigger bang for their buck. They can play five games in three days, and so they don't have to constantly be on a bus and traveling. They just go to one place and. Um, I think Mon- we were in Montana last year. I think we did three tournaments in California this mm-hmm. year. Uh, they won in Arizona, one in Vegas, um, and then Phoenix. San Diego State this week. Yeah, and Phoenix then, last week. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like it's like anything else is I think you just have to look at what you're meant to get out of these tournaments, especially for a year up. Because almost all of the Big Sky Conference teams are – middle or low tier um if you're just looking at it you know analytically they're all well, it, it's they're all in the weird. same boat and yeah. so most of them are not going to come into conference season with you know entirely you know attractive records i mean yeah well and I mean, it's really think, weird because if you look at their schedule josh like you don't see all the big sky teams which is you see portland state sac state northern colorado idaho state and weber state yeah, that's the it for the conference that has softball. That's crazy. And, well, and you, you would know, think that the Bobcats or the Cats would at least have have a team. I think, think it's in the offing. 
Um, okay. I don't know when it's going to happen. The The rumor had been that they were going to do it a, a handful of years after, but I don't know that, I don't know precisely what the, the, but so the problem really is, is that mm. our conference schedule is really unbalanced this year. So we, yeah. we literally only have two non-conference games at home um, yeah. and they're against NEIA schools, um, uh, Providence and uh, Carroll. Carroll, yeah. And then they go back out on the road and then they go to Portland State and Oregon. And then I think they come home for one of their two um, three-game sets for conference. Yeah, they go um, and then to... they go back out on the road again. And so it's yeah. – they have State, they're here. Yeah, they play eight home games this year. Yeah. And it's it's not a very good recipe if you're – there's no home field advantage. I mean, no. it's great to play in Missoula, but you're never there. Well, and, and they have and, a great facility, a great Oh, it's a great. great. It's, too. Yeah. It, it, I, I think Weber is probably about the only one that would probably be close to it in terms of – and with the – I think what will help coming down the road a little bit, you know, whether – whether it's this staff or the next staff or whatever happens down the road is that I think having that indoor. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, is going to help softball probably more than every, any other sport because yep. they'll be able to use it solidly to get them up to speed quicker. Yep. Um, because right now they don't see really truly softball live pitching until they go play those tournaments. Yeah, And so you have just no real like sort of, um, barometer, you yep. know, as to where you're at until you actually go play those games. And so you can look really good in practice, but until <laughs> you start playing anybody and, and they've been, you know, aside from the pitching, you know, they've lost some games where if they could have just, because again, it's a hitting issue and you, yep. if you don't see live pitching a lot, it's just, it's a whole different animal. Yeah. And, and so they just, they struggled early just because they couldn't, I mean, they had, they had, I think, four consecutive games where they had three hits or less. And yeah. you're not going to win a lot of games that way, but they, they're they're relatively young even throughout the course of their program. They only have four seniors, so. Yeah. And and one of them's a uh, pitcher, and so it's like uh, they knew they were going to have a few hiccups this year, but it's it's just been a little bit of uh, growing pains with, you know, mo most of their contributing elements have been a little bit slow. Onaveros has started slowly. Klusiewicz yeah. has started slowly. And so they've had to lean on, you know, a couple of those younger girls. Um, uh, Jancy's been okay. And so they're just, like I said, I think if they get into conference season, um, the record may look terrible at the end of the year. Um, yeah. But at the same point, you really don't um, care until the tournament. No, and and I think people are getting a little bit antsy because they had it really good when Pinkerton was here. Oh, but okay. he brought a lot of people in. Um, he had some really good connections. And then it's not that Mel isn't doing the job. It's I just think that really what it comes down to is that there was that a little bit of a bubble there. And yeah. then COVID killed it. Yeah. Um they haven't been able to recruit the same way they were, you know, restrictions in recruiting. They've gone to almost a more regional um, recruiting format the last few years, maybe out of necessity or out of philosophy. I don't know, but mm -hmm. they don't have very many girls. They, I think probably half of the squad was from California five years ago. And now I think they have just the one or maybe two girls from California, which is if you're going to recruit for softball, got to spend some time there. 
Oh yeah, definitely. They can play all year round. <laughs> so yeah. All right, man. Well, that that's all I got for Grizz update, guys. Um, we'll do more. Uh, actually, I want what I did want to do, which I totally forgot. Um, I don't want to forget if you guys have not gone and checked out Grizz Lacrosse. Uh, definitely do. You know, they have won. Uh, they're five and zero right now. They are number one in the country in Division Two MCLA Division Two coaches poll this week. Um, so showing this graphic, it was uh, handed out on Twitter with the the Grizz Lacrosse team. Definitely, they, they had an amazing week where they played St. Thomas, the number one school, beat them by like ten to eight at St. Thomas. Uh, they have a game, I believe, tomorrow night in Missoula against the Cats. So if you can go, definitely go support them. It's at 7.30 at, you know, Wagres. So definitely go support them if you can't make it. I believe they stream it as well. I've, I've seen one game um, where they, they've streamed it. But amazing, amazing uh, Grizzly Cross. That, that is the, the, the hopping sport right now mm-hmm. where it's, it's taken the, the whole country. Yeah. It's, it's growing everywhere. Um, I mean, it's become, I mean, you think soccer is, you know, huge here in San Diego. It's, uh, I mean, everybody plays lacrosse now. It's incredible. It's, uh, cause it's, it's a blend of a lot of things. It's got, you know, it plays with the speed of basketball. It's got some physicality and, and so, you know, kids love it and and it's a good sport to watch actually. It is. When you back, you know, what, 15 years ago, probably, it was probably more of an uh, East Coast-based oh, sport very. where you would see, you know, I, I would love watching it. I, I, that's one of my favorite sports that I love just to watch because the, the movement and just the, if you've never tried lacrosse, go try it out because it's it's actually really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as easy as it looks. Um, and so these guys make it look easy. Uh, yeah. But go support them. That's that's an amazing. I think it's that first ever number one um, seed, um, and so it's tough to do even in Division Two. Uh, and I think the Cats are ranked. I believe if I'm not forgetting, they're like ranked in the top ten as well. So it should be a good game if you guys can go support Grizz Lacrosse and uh, you know watch it if you can't be there. So uh, let's get some basketball. Let's go to tournament time, guys. Uh, we have some tournament basketball happening here Saturday. Uh, but before we get into the tournament stuff, uh, let's just talk about, you know, the last game of what it was. Uh, Grizz, let's talk about the men's uh, game at Idaho. You know, what they win 68-53. And, you know, it wasn't a close one, but they didn't drop the ball and, and start, <laughs> you know, making it close. But it, it wasn't that great to watch in the first half. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I had joked about it. I have uh, a good friend of mine, actually a former student of mine who's U of I grad, and they do the Tubs of the Club okay. um, podcast. And so he, I've had a pretty long, you know, both of those guys have a uh, long-standing frustration of where the, the men's basketball program for U of I has gone since... Yeah. Uh, Verlin left uh, was it four or five years ago, and Claus just hasn't get it got it done. But I, what I was yeah. joking about was that what is more likely to have happen second half was you know neither team make it out of four out of out of the forties, 
but the other part of it was, and I felt really bad by saying this, but you know, they, that Idaho would fire, you know, claws <laughs> mid quarter or mid half. And turns out that's exactly what they did, but they just waited until the end until of the game. The to end do of the it. game. And, yeah. Yeah. They, they, you know, Idaho's got a couple players and guys who can play. Oh yeah. They just, a, they've never been able to play defense. And, and when you know, and again, I'm not trying to pick on Brandon Whitney at all, but when you know that the, what Brandon Whitney does, yeah, and you can't defend Brandon Whitney, you got a problem because mm-hmm. you know he made a couple of huge plays in the th- second half, right at the beginning, where or and late in the first, where he just got free access to the rim, yeah. And so, you know, I saw something in the game that I never thought I would see with Brandon Whitney, he had an and one. And, he had a mid-range jump shot yep. and and a three-pointer. Three yeah, <laughs> so it's like uh, if you had if you had your odds on uh, a parlay um, through you know your very your favorite betting en- entity, yeah, um, you might have made some serious money off of that one. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that ever had happened with Brandon before. No, but I, it was that. good to actually see him to stop and pop yeah. on that mid-range one because that's what everybody had been giving him, and oh, he yeah. just doesn't want to take it. But if he would just stop and occasionally do that, things would loosen up for him a little bit. Yeah. Well, and then he didn't even hesitate. He just took that shot. So it was nice. Usually he hesitates a little bit and then takes it. So, yeah. Oh, normally most of the time he sits around there, tests the wind, waits for everybody else, <laughs> does about three pivots and then shoots. Yeah. What the funny thing is, is I think we were talking about this a few weeks ago, but if he would just shoot it. Oh, yeah. And he shoots it in rhythm, he's fine. Yeah. It's a, like anybody else, I think, you know. And I shouldn't talk because I'm got the, the, the <laughs> shot of a bricklayer. But the the fact of the matter is, is that you know it's just one of those things in your head. Yeah. Um. That's why I like watching Anna Moody play because oh. the guy has no conscience smooth. and he yeah. just shoots. Yeah. And it's smooth. There's not ever a hitch in it. No. And he just lets it go. I mean, and I wish Brandon either. would do it because if Brandon would learn that, I could care less of whether he ever shoots another three pointer and makes it in my life. Yeah, it it's that mid range thing where if he would learn just to stop and come off of that into that open space where everybody's giving it, it would it would just open things up for him. It and would. I think I think subconsciously I think because he does have a funky shot. It's not the the prettiest thing we've ever seen, no. and and I think he does get it in his head a little bit that he gets a little bit mechanical. Yeah, and if he just lets it go, he you know he's fine. Yeah. And, and he's college basketball player, so you would, you'd think that you know he's more than not capable, better than you and I, obviously, at making it. I think it's just more of a confidence thing. Yeah. Well, and you, you said something like you know they they Idaho has some good uh, players, and they do. Devontae Moffitt is 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 a, a really good player. He doesn't play too much defense, which I think he, he's a bigger guy, a bigger guard. Where I think oh, he yeah. could he could play some defense. And then Isaac Jones is just a beast where uh, in that game, I thought they, for me, it it looked like they had two styles that they were trying to run and they really are like competing styles where they like to go through Isaac and then they like to go through Devante too. And it's like, if they could just merge those and kind of work, have something where they're working together, it would be, they'd be a whole lot better. Yeah. And I like, I feel like two things. And if you, you know, follow those guys, um, I think that'd been one of their complaints all year. 
Yeah. It's like at times it was like 10 straight possessions of Moffitt and then yep. five possessions of Jones. And yep. then they would forget about Moffitt again. And then you had both of those guys have to have touches. Yeah. And they, and that was the same thing that happened in the second early in the second half. I mean, it was astounding how little Jones touched the ball in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I think that uh, we started doing what we've been doing lately and I, and I like it because we're doing it um, is that I, I feel bad for Deshaun Thomas because that guy is literally right now a magnet for Foul. cheap and absurd fouls <laughs> and they're all off ball things. Oh it's, yeah. It's really weird. And yep. he just had a hard run of about the last three or four weeks where he hasn't been able to get in any fluidity no. offense. I think he took one shot, la uh, maybe two against maybe Idaho. Two, yeah. And yeah. I think the week before, I think he had a game where he didn't have any. Yeah. And so you're just looking at it and go, shot three he shot three field goals two yeah. threes and and what i think the problem is is that he's been in he's been legitimately uh essentially a reserve mm -hmm. and Oki's getting all the playing time which yeah. you know from what he's providing right now it's it's good I mean, he's yeah. not going to give you points no unless you're idaho and are like you know what <laughs> we'll 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 give you a layup <laughs> or a dunk or something but yeah um but the fact of the matter is, is that he has become, especially defensively, that guy that we haven't had for a couple of years. Yeah. And he helps, he helps out Bannon a ton. Yeah. Because now they can, they can cycle Bannon off of uh, the big post dude. Yeah. And, and it actually puts Bannon in a better position offensively. Cause I, I really feel like, and again, Idaho doesn't play defense, but, yeah. uh, or not very well anyway. But he he looked Bannon did even in that even you know the, in the cat game they he looked so much more fluid offensively and athletic and I think a little bit of that has to do with the fact that they've been allowing somebody else to carry the weight down low defensively and yeah. and and that's what Oki does is I for his lack of size because he's not a big dude. No, I he's, mean, six he's probably six eight, six nine. Yeah, six eight, six nine. And I think yeah. you know, Bannon's got at least 40 pounds on him, and I think at least that with Deshaun Thomas, but he's athletic. Yeah. He gets up off the floor. So he plays a little bit taller and he rebounds well. And but yeah. he's super he's super mobile when against a lot of those teams that we've been playing, you know, that uh Sac State does it where they can flex those flex those guys out. Weber State does it. He's an incredible tool to have because he can defend those, you know, those stretch four and five guys, yep. you know, all the way out to the three point line. And he's a pretty athletic guy, but six, I feel bad six, for eight, Thomas, though. six, eight, two, 18 is Lalu. Uh, but yeah. And I, I think that, that the Deshaun Thomas factor, I think teams are trying to, to get him in foul trouble just because it takes another cog out of the, the Montana scheme of, Hey, if we get him out, get him you know off the off the floor we only have to worry about two of the three you know um and also you know i i, I love Juanel martin but he's had a couple rough games as well where he hasn't been shooting the ball very good um and so you know with that you know you, you kind of just rely on uh moody and, and bannon and good thing that you know brandon uh whitney has kind of showed up in some of these games where they can kind of get some scoring and, you know, ultra consistent Josh Vasquez, you know, with, 
just what he brings to the table. He really like my my thought process is in that game. He really saved our butt in that first half because yeah. he hit some of those shots and just played really good aggressive defense and kind of was that consistent cog where that the first 10 12 minutes it was kind of dicey there and he hit that I don't know what shot it was but it was a shot where it was the the shot clock was coming down and he got it right right off before the shot clock went that was well that what was it reminded me shot yeah well what it reminded me of is you know two or three years ago that was our offense Mm-hmm. It was let's grind it all the way down. So if you yep. again follow, um, if you want to find somebody who really loves to watch Travis to cure offenses, fo- follow Brian Marceau on Twitter. Um, <laughs> he, but but he's right though, yep. is that that he goes there's that we got into that habit in the first half of all of this pointless motion where yep. guys would just be spinning around each other on the uh, perimeter and nobody was cutting to the basket, especially when Moody's off the floor. And mm-hmm. so you end up in all these positions where late in the shot clock, you're never in a position to actually make a good basketball move to get a shot off. And that was our problem the last two years. And that's why we'd go through those 10, 12 minute stretches of not scoring. Yep. And so, but the, the advantage with Vasquez is that, um, and, and Travis had said it re- relatively consistently over the years is that, it wasn't his ability to shoot that wasn't keeping him off that was keeping him off the floor. Yeah. And I, I honestly at times sort of wonder what it was. Cause I just honestly don't know, but he's, he's a classic glue guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he, what he's done this year, cause he had a relatively decent freshman year yeah. and then he was basically not heard from for two years. Yeah. Uh, got very little minutes last year. And now, you know, depending upon the matchup, he's probably a better guy to have out there than um, Brandon Whitney. Yeah. Um, because again, he provides that shooting ability and his shot is pretty. It is. And, and it's it's just as consistent, you know, at least most of the time as Moody's is. Yeah. And so you have that feeling that right now, if those guys are on the floor together, teams can't um, shade their defense to Moody like they want to. Yeah. Um, and because that's what people that's like what that's what Montana Strait tried to do. That's sort of the problem sometimes where you can see that like that rough stretch at first half of the, the conference season where Travis kept running out Brandon Whitney all the time. And it was really teams were over rotating to the point that it was clogged. They knew that they didn't have to defend Brandon beyond 15 feet. Yep. And they were just funneling him in like they had done last year and there was just no real adjustment. And then, so now having the ability to run out Vasquez, it widens the floor. It does. And, you know, and especially on nights where, I mean, Moody was a little bit uh, absent in the first half, Yeah, but you don't, you don't have to give Moody a lot of, a lot of window. No. And you, it, it, what what's awesome about him is, is that it, it, he can have a, a, a rough, a rough day and he just sees one go in, and it, then you just hold on tight because you're going to probably hear, see another two or three go in, yeah. um, which is was which is amazing. Um, but you know, we get that win, we move on. They, like Coach DeCure says on the um, pre, uh, the after the game is they wanted to kind of work on some of the flow things, kind of the defense. Um, I think they did. 
They closed the game out. Even though it wasn't pretty, we, we kind of closed one out where I thought, you know, even though Idaho's not a great team, they play better at home. And I thought, you know, if, if anything, a, you know, going a game right before the Big Sky Tournament, this is the one that we lose, right? Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that screws us over or something like that. So uh, I'm glad we got the win. We yeah. can focus on the Big Sky Tournament. And, you know, just so if you guys have not seen, I'll, I'll put the graphic up here uh, of the men's basketball tournament. We get the 4-5 game, uh, which this is a different kind of bracket style than the last couple of years where I, th- I thought the, lot, the last couple of years, the one, yeah. two, three, and four were all on one kind of kind of line. And so they've kind of moved those around where the top seeds, top two seeds play on a Sunday. They get a day off on that Saturday. They get a day off and then they play Monday. Oh, that, sorry. They don't, they don't play Monday. They get a day off Monday and then they play Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and so, Josh, you know, I've got some thoughts here. I want to know your thoughts too, but uh, right off the top, I, I think we kind of lucked out <laughs> um, with who we got. You know, it, beating a team three times in a row uh, is, is always hard, but knowing with what who we're going up against and our style of how we're playing – I would rather see Idaho State than Sac State or Weber State, and uh, or NAU for that yeah. fact, because I think that's <laughs> just a mismatch as well. Um, and so, what are your thoughts? Well, I I I agree with the same thing, which is when I first saw this um, of the teams who could have finished fifth, mm-hmm. the team that I didn't want to finish fifth was Sac State. Yeah. Um, because I knew we weren't going to catch Weber. And so at this point, that by finishing where we at, I mean, stylistically, you know, Idaho State will be a little bit of a, a slugfest because they, yeah. they've got that behemoth down low. But, <laughs> the, but the advantage is, is when you look at that whole side of the bracket that mm-hmm. we're on, stylistically, um, I'm just pretty happy that all of the teams who play knockdown, drag out, fist fight defense are all on the other side of the bracket. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's, <laughs> I mean, that Portland state, um, Northern Colorado game might get out of the, out of the seventies, but there's not a single other one of those games. that's going to get that you, I think they'd be really lucky in that Weaver state Sac state game. Yeah. That that game gets to Out of the 60s. 55 <laughs> yeah. uh, with but the way that both of them prefer to play. I mean, that might be uh, about as an excruciating game on the planet to watch just pace wise. So well, and Dylan Jones will probably have half the points as well. Too, right. So. He'll, he'll probably go for 25 <laughs> and 20. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just looking at it, man, like there's going to be some good games like the NAU yeah. game. And, and just to go back, like the, and I'm sorry, we're kind of going back, you know, Idaho not having their coach. I think they kind of, any of you kind of got lucky in the fact that they're going to have a team that's coming off of a loss that they just lost their coach, which I have no clue. Like, I know you want to fire him, but just wait, what, a week? Like, yeah. It's... It doesn't mean like 10 minutes after the game, but you let them use the bathroom before you fired them. Like, holy cow. Yeah. I, <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, I have an assumption, but it's, I think he knew this was going to happen. Okay. Um, but I don't know for sure, but I think that this was uh, fairly well communicated that he wasn't likely, but I think the other part of it was as, you know, those tubs of the clubs guys, I don't think they wanted any, any chance yeah. that Idaho would catch fire in the tournament and then somehow they feel obligated uh, yeah. to bring Claus back. I mean, I think he's an all around nice guy, but I think that where Idaho would expect to be basketball wise in this conference, they're not. And he just didn't get it done. So, well, but seeing I, where they came in, like the beginning of it, when they came back to where they are now, Oh my gosh. And they have a, be- that, that arena is a beautiful arena. Oh, it's gorgeous. You know, Weber State and Idaho have the two best probably arenas for basketball that I've seen um, that that are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the architecture yeah. on the Idaho one is just amazing too. So, yeah. Well, and that's what I think, you know, when you look at that game, you know, if we just start that side of the bracket. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want anything to do with NAU. No. Uh, no. Um, because I think they have probably maybe outside of maybe Montana state, the best inside outside combo in the conference. Yep. And cone can score. Um, yep. Whatever he wants anywhere. And tout <laughs> is proven to be, I mean, I would have made an argument probably three weeks ago that he probably would have been, you know, first team all conference, but I'm not sure that that'll happen, but yeah. Um, Cause he was a double, double machine. Oh yeah. And, so I would, I if I were to take a guess, I think that that's a game that NAU should win. But yep. you know what? I feel like uh, you know Idaho might just say you know, <laughs> oh might might we might play up to our level because they're a little bit better than what they've shown all year. Yeah. Um, and then NAU has had that penchant to to make games a lot closer than they really should have for most of the season. So that's See, a game that that that's that's the team where it, it's so crazy. If you look at their their record and then you go and dive deep that team if they would have won half of the close games like they're all their like a lot of their losses i wouldn't say all their losses but a lot of their losses are like one point or one possession games they have two losses to portland state that were game winners yeah that if you win those games you know they're what they're probably what the number is that nine seed as i can't see um they probably go from number nine to probably five at I least think because they, they were way better they were <laughs> they were in the inverse of what we were yeah um where we had sort of split all, all of those tight games for about four weeks that we had either early on we lost all of them and then we went on a run where we won almost all of them yeah and but that was the that's the difference is that up until recently nau didn't win any of them yeah and so they are a team that's probably by talent wise and what they have vastly better record. And they're actually very well suited. If they were to win that game, they probably match up with um, Eastern pretty damn well. Well, and if you go into their, like their schedule, I think they, they played Eastern a couple of weeks ago and didn't they like almost beat them? Like, yeah, it was close for a while. Yeah. I'm trying to look at their their schedule real quick to, But yeah, definitely that, that that's probably you know I I totally have that down as well, and we'll give your guys or like as we go through this, give you guys what we think, um, 
but I, I totally have NAU down. And I, I think Josh, you probably have NAU down as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that they beat, they beat, or they lost to Eastern Washington at uh Flagstaff 76, 79. That was back yeah. in January. And then they, they got pretty beat down in Cheney uh, 55, 72. Yeah, but that I hate that gym is uh, <laughs> where shooters go to die unless you're Eastern. It's just it's a weird gym to be in. Um, it's got some weird depth, like you know, no, you know that knowing a handful of people who have played in there over the years, it's a, just a a little bit of a different vibe for a gym. I mean, it's in halfway decent college campus stadium or gym, but it's not. Yeah. But it's got. Uh, weird ends and so you just feel like you're sometimes shooting in a tunnel <laughs> but yeah it, it's not it's never been a place where u of m's ever gone in and played particularly well yeah um except save for the you know occasional uh occasional performance where they've played you know a little bit but it's been pretty much an awful place to play yeah for well, most teams that next game, you know, you got Portland State, Northern Colorado. You know, Portland State, you know, they're kind of that chaotic press team. Northern Colorado just kind of really, really confuses me. They're picked, I believe, like number two or three in the conference preseason rankings. They have probably three of the best probably players in the conference, and they are they are not good. They're not good. Well, if you if if um connect and and company get to go, yeah, and they can get their game uh, where if they get to 80, they'll win. Yeah, it's just their problem is that there are nights where they can't throw it in the ocean and they're not nearly as good um inside inside as they were yeah. the last two years, and and so they can't win those, they're not as big. Uh they you know they lost you know one guy to a transfer a couple more to graduation they're just not as deep and so they just don't have that uh that inside presence and they're not as good defensively as they were but they are and can score um probably as easily as any team in the conference when they're on yeah it's just that that's just have been a little bit of a hit and miss proposition definitely definitely you know i i have portland state winning that one uh, what do you have? I mean, my vibe, that's where I sort of initially was leaning, but I feel like if I think stylistically North, uh, Northern Colorado probably matches up a little bit better Yeah, with what they do with what Portland state does. I just think that, you know, when Northern Colorado's going, they score easier yeah. than I, what I think Portland state does. So you know, my sense is that if this game is played in the seventies, it's a game that Northern Colorado wins. Okay. Um, but you know, like I said, I, I'm sort of a flip of a coin on this one, <laughs> sort of feel, but I feel like that, you know, my gut is just, I just like a little bit more offensively what Northern Colorado can do. So yeah, I'll take yeah, it. Definitely. Um, so you know, we'll go back up to the top, you know, that, that, those are the two Saturday games guys. And then the Sunday games, um, if we're looking at it, you've got Eastern Washington probably playing NAU, and then you've got the Cats probably playing Portland State or, or Northern Colorado. You know, I don't see any of those teams losing those. Um, I, I I don't think, especially Montana State, where they've got a, those other teams that they're 
not going to probably match up very well with the Cats. Mm -hmm. I see them pretty easily handedly moving on to the semifinals. Um, but, you know, that NAU playing Eastern Washington, if you've, you've got some time at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN+, Plus, I'd definitely watch that game. That could be an interesting game. Yeah, like I feel like um, this is one of those games because, you know, you know, Eastern limped in. Oh, yeah. You know, losing their last two, two losses. Games. Yep. I feel like this is one of those games where it's tight early. Yeah. Um, this is one of those ones that NAU can hang around for quite a bit longer than maybe they should. Yeah. Um, but I, you, you look at the totality of what Eastern has and how they, how well they score. If they get off to a reasonably good start, I think that they win that game probably going away, but yeah. Um, but you almost think that if NAU can make that a game early, a game early, um, that, you know, especially after the the way that that the game that they lost on Saturday night and then just getting pummeled by um, Montana State on yeah. Monday, you know, that may not be one of those things where, you know, they've had a great year, but, you know, they just think a little bit too much might get in their head a little bit. But, you know, on paper, you know, Eastern should win that. Yeah, and I, I figured, you know, I told this to one of my buddies. I'm like, yeah, I think Eastern Washington will probably go 18 and 0, <laughs> and probably then lose in the conference tournament, just because it's so it's so hard, like to yeah. go undefeated in a conference. And 16 and 2 is an amazing record, um, but to just be on no matter what all the time is, is really hard. I don't see. I I think NAU is going to keep it close. I think Eastern will probably yeah. take it. Um, and then, you know, going to the Grizz and Idaho State, I think we both are on kind of a consistent basis of, like, the Grizz should win that one. Hopefully they do. That's I'm one of those, op, like, pessimistic fans that I, I'm i not really comfortable unless we're, like, 20 points ahead. Well, and I think <laughs> – yeah, and I think that's – I think if we – if I have one worry is yeah. that if this game ends up like the Montana State game was where it's – uh 24 you know 30 free throw night for idaho yeah. state where it's a where they're allowed to muck it up a little bit yep. which they can do yeah um then then it's one of those games that we we could be in a little bit of trouble with um yeah. because you know we've got to keep you know whether it's deshaun thomas on the floor we got to keep you know Yep. Okie out of foul trouble. We got to keep and then keep Bannon fresh. Yeah. And and if that if that works out, and then you get the 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 play you would expect from Moody, um, I think it's a game that they should win. Yeah. Because we match up reasonably well with Idaho State. Um, I think it's a game we should win, but it's one of those things where you just never really know which version of Montana you're going to get in the last five minutes of a game. Yeah, hold your breath. Um, don't yeah, hold, hold your breath. breath. Don't and, hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, or don't yeah, because you'll probably <laughs> yeah. pass out and yeah. end up in the ER or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you know the next game you've got uh Weaver State, Sac State, which that's a you know, I'm not I don't want to be mean to Sac State, you know, they're a good team, but I just don't buy them right now. Um, being who they are, I just they're a great team and they've got some good parts. Um, but other out, outside of like the guy Chappelle that they have 
I really don't see the scoring. There's long times or long points of time where they don't play their big guy McCray, and I think that's their their puzzle where they, they could be milking that a little bit more than they are. Um, but I, also, I know that they probably can't because it it, it it's just you know one of those uh, battles that you face. I don't think you're going to be able to play him very much against Weaver State where <laughs> they've got Dylan Jones and there's just some mismatches in that game. Yeah. Um, I think Weber state takes that game. Um, it might be closer than people think, but I, I just don't think that you're going to be able to stop Dylan Jones. He's just the no. mismatch that everybody has. Yeah. And I, and I think that's where I think this game probably hinges if, if I yeah. have my sense, but yep. um, the, the real thing for me is that if this game is played in the low fifties, it's a game mm-hmm. that Sac state can win. Yeah. Um, and, and it very well could be because both of the teams have played their best basketball when they're playing, you know, 1940s Princeton yeah. speed. Yeah. And and so they want to gr- both teams are really good if they can get teams to spend a lot of time on the shot clock. Um, but and then that comes down to game scores. And I, you know, it's hard to hard to bet against to what uh, Dylan Jones can do. Because oh, he man. found he he scores just in he never gives you the sense that he has the ability to score from anywhere and then suddenly he puts twenty five points in. Oh so, yeah, well, and it's and, not like consistent. It's like all in droves too. It's like yeah. oh you you showed up okay oh hey good to see you <laughs> yeah, yeah like, oh, that's yeah. the way that's the way I feel like that one that 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 whole side of the bracket those two games you yeah. know and then whoever wins that one we'll play Montana state. I mean, you might as well just bring your football pads. Cause that's just going to be again, stylistically that type of thing where I don't think anybody gets out of the sixties. Yeah. I mean, well, and, and I think, I think you've got something here, Josh, cause I'm just looking at Weaver state's games against Sac state. The two games that they've played, uh, they both, Weaver state both won them, but it was a 50 to 48 win yeah, and a 52 to 49 win. So, yeah, I you watched know, both of them. If and, you're over under ooh. is under fifty or over fifty, out I would be betting that under fifty mark. <laughs> yeah, if 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 Vegas comes with a line of like a hundred and ten points for that, take <laughs> the under. Take exactly, because the 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 game in Ogden was just oh, it was the ugliest looking thing, and mostly <laughs> because it wasn't even ugly offensively, it was just there was no continuity. Yeah. And so, you know, and Sac State had every opportunity yep. in that game in Ogden to take it. And then oh, they yeah. just sort of, you know, Weaver does what Weaver does at home and found yep. a way to, to sneak it out. But like I said, that game, I'd be surprised if the winner got into the, into the, if they got to 60, whoever gets to 60 first will win it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd be stunned if it got it. It's not like a, 55 to 51 final type deal. Yeah. I, I think Weaver State pulls it out. Yeah. Um, you think Weaver State pulls that one out too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we've got, I think we're pretty much to the same point, uh, except for maybe the PSU UNC game. Uh, we've got, you know, Grizz in, in Eastern Washington and the Cats and Weaver State. Um, you know, I could be the homer and say the Grizz are going to win that game, which I think they possibly could do um which that game there's a whole lot of things have to go right right yeah we have to 
be able to guard their big guys off of those screens and, and limit them from three-point and not give them those easy shots at the free-throw line because that's where they kill you too, yeah. um, which I think if I'm not – if I'm remembering right, I think they are second to Montana State, I believe, with free throws. I think Montana State has an atrocious number of free throws this year. And yeah. I think Eastern's right behind them. Um, so if we, you know, limit their three-pointers, three pointers, get them off the line where we're playing that, the, that good pack line defense and not fouling, I think that we have a shot versus that game. If we're getting them and we're not holding them on the three-point line and they're getting to the line, that's going to be that's going to be a, a hard game to win. Yeah, again, I think this comes down to how the game's played. Yep. Um, if it it has any pace to it at all, yeah, um, I think it's a game that Eastern wins. But I, what I, you know, once only once in the last what is it three four weeks of basketball has Montana given up more than like seventy three points in a game. Yeah. Yep. So. And it, as long as the game stays in the 60s, um, I don't. Eastern plays okay defense, but they're not they're not excellent defensively. Yeah. So as I think, as long as that game the game stays in touch in that, where Montana seems to be in a sweet spot recently, if Montana gets to 65 or 70 points, you know, I feel pretty good about it because that you know the 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 anomaly was that first game of the year where we lost 87 to 80 um, because <laughs> yeah. the other game in Cheney was 67 to 60 yep. and we were relatively in touch with them the whole game, both yeah. of the games, really. We just, oh, sort yeah. of, you know, that the game in Missoula was just more of a one where, where we had our opportunities. We were up with six minutes left and then yep. it was just, you know, like we did early, which we just couldn't find ways to, to close out, but our rotations are vastly different now than what we used. Um, because we we were done with Eastern before I think like first, the first two week weeks February. Yeah, yeah first, so first yeah, two weeks so in it's, January, I believe. So we're a lot different team, maybe not defensively, but you know, in terms of what we do now offensively, I think you know, as much as people like to malign what Travis has done, um yeah what they've done offensively, especially in second halves of games this in this latter half of the year, you know, I, I think it's some of his best coaching. Yeah. Um, it's because they can look atrocious like that Idaho game. They looked absolutely awful, but they make a couple of subtle adjustments and suddenly everybody is going downhill to the basket and getting layups. And it's, mm -hmm. they're just these real quiet little things they've been doing offensively that I think if this game can stay in the 60s, it's a game that they can win. I'm not going to guarantee it, but it's yeah. it's just more of where I feel like if this thing has any pace at all, I just think Eastern scores way too easily. Yeah, um, They're yeah. the best, like, complete one through five offensive team in the conference, yep. and they just score way too easily. And if they have any amount of fluidity where this game doesn't, you know, bog down the way Travis likes it, yeah, you know, it's it's going to be a game that I don't think we win. Yeah, um, I would be stunned if we won a game against Eastern where we're where it's we're outside of the sixties. I'd be I would be stunned. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you know, and, and I will I'll be the homer and I'll pick the Grizz to win this this one. Um, I, I feel like I think they'll want this one, and so I'll pick the Grizz. What, who are you picking, Josh? Are you picking? The yeah, Grizz? I think I think I'm going to be a little bit of a homer. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it, it has more to what I actually saw. I mean, I watched tail end of the, I think teams know that if they can slow the pace down a little bit yep. um, against Eastern, it's what we did in that game in Cheney. Yeah. And, you know, we were in contact with them for most we, of the we game. We shot and horribly in shot that game. Shot terribly. Yeah. Terribly. Yeah. And I think it's just one of those things where I think, again, we've been able to manage the tempo lately. Yep. Um, and as long as we're able to manage the tempo and it doesn't turn into that Cat Grizz game in Bozeman where they go to the line because, you know, they made – when we played them in, in January in Missoula, they shot, you know, and I think they were like 29 or 31 from the free throw line. And so as long as the game doesn't turn into that, where, you know, they're doing what in, you know, shooting 42 free throws, you know, if it's a conference tournament game where that doesn't end up like that, it's sort of officiated semi-normally. Yeah. um, Then, then it's a game I feel like we can win. And hopefully um, they have the refs that will allow this. Like this is a yeah. conference tournament. Just let them play. You never like, know. Really, it, 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 you hold your breath, right? Yeah. So, you know, our last game guys are before the championship game would be, the, um, you know, the cats versus Weber state. Um, I, I just don't see how Montana state loses that game against Weber state. Weber state would have to have probably an amazing game by Dylan Jones um, I just don't think they have that in them. Yeah, I, and I feel like there's two things at play here. Number one is that I think that Montana State, which is weird because I really do think that probably in terms of what they have, mm-hmm. is probably um, the most difficult team to play against in the conference. Yeah. And it's because they... It, it, it's mind boggling how that they're so readily able to take advantage of matchups oh, and, yeah. East, and Eastern does it too. Uh, it's just that how they can get, and it doesn't have to be um, Mel, uh, Bello and it doesn't have to be um, Raekwon battle. They just no. seem to find that guy every night that can give them, you know, like it was Osabor in that second game for us. It, I yeah. think their, their ability to manipulate, teams defensively causes teams problems and yeah. and so i feel like this is a game that that montana state should win um yeah. and i think it's because they score easier and i think also for the same reason is that they do have a little bit of an answer defensively for dylan jones mm-hmm. and and as long as dylan jones doesn't go you know um you know, circa, you know, uh, Anthony <laughs> Johnson from Montana in the early 2010s, you know, yep. where you're scoring 40 points a night. Um, you know, this is probably a matchup that it probably benefits Montana State than more than it does. I think Weaver was hoping it will get us on the other side of the bracket. <laughs> they, they, they've struggled more against teams who who can do what they do. Yeah. But they they're much better when they can play teams where they can be more of the the physical aggressor. 
Yeah. And then they get, then, then, like I said, we were talking about a couple weeks ago, then they played that weird game against Nor uh, Northern Colorado and got <laughs> boat race for by 25, yeah. um, which didn't make any sense. So No, it didn't make any sense. But, though, but there's very little about this conference season that's made any sense to anyone. Yeah. So We could be all wrong with these picks, and it, it wouldn't surprise oh, us. Oh, I guarantee. <laughs> I have never made a career of doing this. So, <laughs> so you know, our Wednesday championship game uh, – and a side point is you can watch all these games on ESPN plus, which I love that because if, yeah. you, if you're like me and I don't have ESPNU or ESPN two, you can still watch them on ESPN plus. So definitely uh, if you haven't gotten ESPN plus definitely do uh, you know, we are at that point where we're predicting a Grizz cat uh, championship game. Um, and this is probably where uh this is a, that's going to be a hard game. There's a, that 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 game's going to be tension filled. Uh, I would love to see that game because yeah. the third time, if they if and this is like what we've been saying, if the the refs let them play, I feel like that's a winnable game for us. Yeah, I and I think the the way that the other two games played out, and like I said, is that if it's uh, if it's a UM Montana State final. Um, I think it's one of those games where it comes down to really for Montana, how easily can Bannon score? Mm -hmm. Because uh, Bannon didn't score in Bozeman. No. Um, he struggled all night because he doesn't match up very well Yeah, um, with what Montana State likes to do defensively. Um, it's one of those games where you'd have to think that it would have to be Deshaun Thomas, who's been sort of the odd man out in recent weeks because he hasn't been able to stay out of foul trouble or somebody like Moody. Yeah. Um, and, and Moody, you know, you know, he could put up 30 shots a game and score 40 if that's ultimately necessary, but it's not a good matchup um, from in that regard. If Bannon can't score. Yeah. And that's what Mon that's what Boz or MSU did against us in Bozeman, and because they're really good at mucking up the game, and yeah. I give I give Sprinkle credit for that because they've got so much length down low and they're athletic, yep. and so you Bannon's natural matchups that he's really good at, which they've done really really good job of recently, of getting him lanes to the basket um, from the perimeter. You just don't get it from playing against msu you know well it's weird in that game like the first half was atrocious for bannon right but mm -hmm. then that second half they 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 changed some things and they get him going a little bit just based off of i think that the uh bellow had a little bit of foul trouble as well um and he ends up with 25 points eight rebounds yeah. but you wouldn't have thought <laughs> that at halftime no that, that and was gonna happen and that and that was part of the problem is you know he score doesn't score much in the first half, yeah. And and that's where that that whole game was determined essentially because it yep. was like it was it, it was one of the ugliest you know, yeah. We you know talked ad nauseum about it, but the the fact of the matter is if it's that type of game, it's not a game I think Montana wins because we just don't have the type of size to be able to handle rather consistently what they have in Osibor and Bello down low. Oh, we just yeah. don't. Yep. And, and and that's why I think, you know, if you had asked me at the beginning of the year who I thought the best two teams in the conference were, I would have told you Weber State and Montana State. Mm -hmm. um, 
that's not obviously how it ended up, but yeah, if it's if it's a if it's an MSU Eastern final, um, I think it's a game that 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 MSU wins. Um, yeah. If it's a UM MSU or a, a game, I think you know then it's a little bit more of a coin flip because we are more similar stylistically wise to what MSU does, and we've shown that we're probably you know, one possession of, or maybe two possessions of going two and zero against them. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those deals. So I feel like, you know, again, it's my opinion, but you know, it's, I, I feel like if that's a game that happens where you, U of M finds a way to get through those, that, that upper part of the bracket, yep. we might actually be fresher than Montana state. Oh yeah, definitely. And going, I think they would have to go through Portland State or UNC and then Weber State probably. Yeah. And yeah. that that game, because it like I said, I I don't feel like that that bottom part of the bracket um, is necessarily the most conducive to fresh and easy legs. Those are all yeah. going to be heavy games. And yeah. whereas, you know, whoever comes out of that upper part of the bracket, even if it's not Montana, you know, yeah. I, w- I would say probably odds on is probably Eastern, but yeah, um, whoever comes out of that top part of the bracket is going to be just because of how stylistically different um, they are. Yep. Um, it's going to be Eastern or Montana or even NAU. It's entirely a possibility. Um, you know, they're going to have a lot fresher legs and bodies by the time they get to that championship game, just because. Again, you know, MSU's got to play, you know, a knockdown dragout game. And if if they should have, if it's Weber, you know, that would be three consecutive games playing against, uh, you know, you know, playing a football style game, super physical, yeah. slow paced, heavy on defense, heavy on offense, you know, that type of deal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, you know, if, if that happens, I'll pick the Grizz just because I yeah. think three times in a row, it's it's hard to beat beat a team so um we can, we're, we're homers we can be homers yeah. if we want. yeah right <laughs> so let's go over the women's uh side you know they they uh have a kind of a, a weird game against idaho where they they scooch by uh idaho i believe it was 85 82 um which that was that was good because you know they're going into that game with two straight losses, you know, an overtime loss to Portland state and then a, uh, a loss to Sac state um, 50 or 56 to 63. But we, we scooched by 85, 82, which I think kind of stops the bleeding and kind of is good to send uh, some of these seniors out on a win. Yeah. Um, and so they do get, you know, G feller, um, Carmen G feller has announced that she's coming back for another year. Uh, which is which is good because that that team's going to be a little young next year, <laughs> even younger than probably this year yeah. because they're bringing in some some really good talent. Um, but uh, it, that'll be good for next year. Uh, beside the point, though, uh, they 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 beat Idaho. They get into the the, the Big Sky Conference tournament, and it's, it's like a mirror image, right? They they got the yeah. uh, five seed. Uh, they're in the four five game against Eastern Washington. Um, and so let's just kind of go through some of these games, probably won't break it down as much just because, you know, we're, I, I we can, but I, I don't know as much 
women's basketball on the, all the other teams than I do the men. I do know that the top teams in the women's side. Um, but, you know, you got UNC and Weber State. Uh, you know, I know UNC is, is very, very young. And Weber State has just not had a very good season yeah. this year. Um, and probably, I would probably say their coach is probably on the hot seat if if not. Um, so Yeah, I, I feel like that's a game because I've watched – only you know as much as probably most have i mean yeah. i've watched uh a handful of msu games uh maybe a couple of the nau games but yeah. um you know outside of that but i think that you know what nau or not nau but uh unc did show is that some of that young core that they have they're not gonna be bad no and no, they're gonna be good. but they're just they're they're not particularly um they're not particularly deep and they're not as good defensively Mm -hmm. um, but I still think they probably are a better. I think they're probably of that, that first line games, probably more likely than not to win. I just feel like they, their, uh, youth might actually be in a benefit here, um, <laughs> a little bit considering how young they are. But the one thing Weber state is they're just uber physical. So, yeah. but they just don't score very well. So it's like, I feel like in this type of environment, where it's on a neutral floor, you know, I go with the team that probably scores a little bit better. So, yeah, you know, we'll I, I agree with you. I think UNC goes on and moves on to play NAU, which this is such a weird thing because it's, it's three co-champions, right? So right. NAU, uh, Montana state and Sac state all got a, a share of the title because Montana state slipped up <laughs> and got, uh, you know, a three-way uh yeah, share of the title. Uh, Portland State versus Idaho State. Uh, just crazy how how far <laughs> Idaho State has fallen from the last couple of years, um, where they were, I believe, back to back championship, Big Sky championship games. Um, Portland State has kind of been up and down um, with, you know, where they have been. I think this is their second second year of their their new coach as well. Um, I. I, I think this one is more of a coin flip to me. Uh, I could see Portland State winning, but I think Idaho State has that kind of uh, more solid coach. So I yeah. kind of tend to lean towards Idaho State winning this game just because of the experience of the coach. Yeah, I I think Soboleski's uh, as good as there is in the conference. But what I would take is that if there's – you know, somebody who can, you know, go out and score 35, then that's yeah. uh, the Morales girl from Portland State. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if that becomes that type of thing, she can score against anybody. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I feel like that this is one of those games, you know, at least matchup wise, um, you know, my gut instinct after what I've seen, you know, Portland State play recently, um they're not an easy matchup for teams because no. they're uh, they're super athletic on the outside. Uh, they cause matchup problems. And that's been, you know, if I'm going to go there, they can get access to the bucket a little bit easier. I might take Portland State here. Okay. So then you got NAU playing uh, Northern Colorado. I really like this NAU team. This is a yeah. really good NAU team that I think is just, that lower i think it's Lori Payne. i know it's Payne. uh she's really got this team really cooking really well 
I, I think that that if she yeah. stays there, you know, this is going to be a good team for a while. Um, and so I, I see NAU um, easily winning against UNC. Yeah. And again, I because NAU is just a tough matchup for yeah. most of the teams in the conference. Yeah. They are so long yeah. and they play just and they, and they play really good defense, which helps, yep. but they yep. are so long and teams have just struggled. Um, and they had a couple of that sort of like Montana state did. they had a couple of those games where you're like, well, how do they lose them? <laughs> and, and so you're like that, that is, um, you know, if I were to take, you know, the, if my gut instinct, I feel like it's NAU, um, wins that game and then, yep. you know, I, as long as MSU doesn't, you know, pull out the gun and shoot themselves in the foot like they did <laughs> at the end of the year, uh, they should win that game, uh, regardless yeah. of whoever they face. Because you know, if it comes down to you know guard play in the conference, you really probably shouldn't bet against Darian White. So I wouldn't. <laughs> I, know. I wouldn't. Uh, so yeah, I totally agree with that. I think Montana State moves on. Uh, so we got NAU. Uh, moving on in Montana State, you know, you know we're going to talk about the Grizz game uh, against Eastern Washington. You know, if you if you look at their past two games, uh, it, it's two it's two drastic games, right? So Eastern Washington at Missoula, the Grizz got boat raced, eighty seven to sixty, right? Yeah. And then you know at Cheney, we beat them by eleven. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you look at the um, Eastern Washington, their their main um, score went off thirty three points by oh, uh, yeah. J- Jada Martin, um, and so that's that's they've got a lot. You know, I'm not going to say that you know Eastern Washington's a great team, but they do have um, certain pieces in, where they can score, and so I think that what's been kind of missing with this team is that consistent defensive play with the Grizz. And if they're not careful, if they're not playing their defense that they need to need to play, that that game could get away from them. Yeah. And that's been that, like I had made the the comment uh, to a friend of mine about uh, how that Portland state game played out and yeah. it's a game they should have won. And yeah. for the same reason, you know, them, you know, you know, playing the way they did the last two, you know, those last three games, yeah. you know, they put themselves in this position a little bit in the sense that who, you know, they're missing, you know, that one sort of key cog defensively yep. and they don't, they don't defend as well on the perimeter and, and it just, you know, they miss, you know, they miss uh, styles a lot yeah. um, in that regard. Um, they just, it, I, they're going to, those, those freshmen are going to get there, mm-hmm. but you know, when they don't, you know, it's, they, you're asking Markson, who's probably better as a off ball defender to do a lot of the, uh, on ball defending. And it just, you know, when it push comes to shove late in games, you, you wish you'd have that, that ability to, to, to slow people down offensively on the perimeter and it's just been sort of the sort of consistent problem they've had yeah for a lot of the conference season is that if they if the other team's got a guard that that can play vertically down the floor they just said that seems to be sort of a little bit of the achilles heel 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, even though, um, I'll have a comment. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, the Grizz, I think they move on and play uh, NAU. I think that they're probably more suited playing NAU than they are probably Eastern Washington. I think they match up a little bit yeah, better. I, I, um, I agree. And so, you know, it, they've had over what a week to prepare for this game. I think that they'll do a better job. You know, the, I don't see that <laughs> Jada Martin going off for 30 again. No. And I think again, this is, you know, once they, once the lady Grizz turned February, yeah. You know, you started to see a little bit different rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully yep. they have some of their bench back for this week. Um, since they were relatively thin, you know, for that Portland State game, Heward was yep. out. And so it's like if they can get some of that back, then I think they then they're in good shape. I they but you look at their our margins again all year long for the women have been pretty dang small. Yeah. They've got a you need the freshman to have, you need, uh, you know, Koenig who's, you know, freshman of the year. Yep. Um, if she plays at where she had been for most of the second half of the season, it's a game they should win. Oh yeah. Uh, but, but again, you know, she didn't play particularly well against Portland state. Yep. And yep. then again, zero, the, zero the, points. Yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. And, and then against, uh, Against Idaho, it became the uh, uh, the 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 returner show. You know, it was G Feller and yep. uh, and and who is it? Fatkin. Fatkin. I think. Yeah, yeah. twenty one points. Feller yeah, so 18. like if if they have to lean on Fat, I mean, the sort of the big issue lately is you know whether they can get you know Fatkin goes from you know, scoring 25 to down to three. So they've had that same sort of vacillation between high and low. If they can find some sort of happy medium in the middle where they can get consistent performances out of Koenig and then uh, um, Fatkin especially, um, I think they'll be all right. But again, it's been flip a coin really lately about, you know, how they finish out games and, you know, who's going to do the scoring. That Portland State road trip is was horrible too as they had yeah. to take uh, bus it and you know the the Portland State team men's team didn't show up here but we we, we drive and <laughs> we make it yeah here. Weird. so I thought that was kind of weird but um you know I, I think we we make it um uh, going into Sac State Idaho I that Sac State team is really good um, they you know, play so fast. They're really good. So fast. I I, I think that's a game um, that I think it, it should be a game that that Sac State wins. Yeah. But at the same point, if if B has the game, which he had been a little bit off, you know, Idaho probably shouldn't have been sixth. Yeah. But at the same point you know, the difference between fourth and seventh in our conference wasn't a whole lot. No, no. And for, for women. And so I think when you look at it, um, you know, it was one, a one B one C and then everybody else in the middle was, you know, a game or two on either side of each other. So you're looking at a game where if Sac state plays the way that they're capable playing, this is a game stylistically they should win. 
um, just by high, you know, they score as easy as any team in the conference. Yeah. Um, and it, I'm, I'm interested to see that, that game, that the, the Montana state Sac state game um, just out of, that might be the, one of the funnest games we'd see on the women's side, the whole tournament, if it ends up like that, um, yeah. that, that game could be 95, 87. Yeah. yeah. Just because it, it of how be. fast they play. Cause, yeah. and, and, and Montana state can match them. Oh yeah. It's sort of weird is that you don't think it. And then, suddenly you know the montana state women go out and put 85 on you oh yeah um, but that that game would be a fun game to watch if that and i think it, that's going to happen i think you're going to get montana montana state versus sac state on that lower bracket i i just don't i don't see idaho putting in putting up enough where they can they can stop what sac state has yeah. you know beyond be is a phenomenal talent but she can't win it herself right no, you could try. She almost did. She almost, she almost did. Did. Montana, yeah. but um, <laughs> you know, I don't think she's gonna she's gonna be able to do that with Sac no. State. Um, I, I see that Montana State going going with Sac State. Uh, I see Grizz versus NAU, and, and those if that if that's true, those are those are two really good semifinal games yeah. on the women's side that that I think I hope people watch on Tuesday. Right, and and you know. Of the of the two games, stylistic and probably more pleasing to watch, it would be that again that Montana Sac yeah. game if it ends up <laughs> like that. Yep. Um, because the NA the NAU UM game if it ends up like that um, is likely to be a lot more of a uh, I wouldn't call it a slugfest, but it's just one of those games of how NAU plays. Yeah, um, it's not likely going to be as fast paced and and free form and flowing. Yeah. Um, it, that's a, a game that because of NAU's length, they, they want to be able to take advantage of it. And so they're so good at getting, getting balls off of the perimeter, you know, even onto the wing and then working through and down into the post. It's, and, and because they can move anybody and play them anywhere. I think yeah. they it feels like when I've watched them play a little bit, it feels like that they can play any of their three, four, or five girls in any sort of interchangeable position. Yep. And so they, they're just a hard defensive matchup. I don't think they score nearly as well as they did last year. Um, and I, that seems to be a little bit of their Achilles heel is that they can, they have a little bit of a penchant to uh, uh, have bad shooting nights. But at the same point, you know, I would take um, just their length and their athleticism and their ability to play defense over, you know, just about anybody, any other team in the conference, maybe than MSU. So, yeah, I just think it's it's going to be hard to to pick that game just because, you know, the, the games that NAU and Montana have played, they're one possession game, right? One yeah. of them was an 80-76 overtime win by Montana in Flagstaff, which is an amazing, amazing win. Um, and then, you know, Northern Arizona returns or returned the favor for the first time, 74-76 up here in Missoula, which that yeah. game was – it was a weird game in the fact that we pro- – the Grizz probably should have won that game where we were didn't show up for a quarter – and that's been kind of like the, the the thing that's happened this year is, yeah. is that that third quarter just bites 
bites the, the lady Grizz. Um, I, I think this is, that one to me is kind of a, uh, a coin flip. Um, it kind of just depends on who's hot that game and, and yeah. how they're calling it as well. Um, because I think we lost, um, didn't we lose Lisa uh, Kiefer with a, a leg injury? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're down another big. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, the Grizz could win it, but it, it, it's going to be, that's going to be a really tough game. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I felt like at the beginning of the year, I felt like NAU had the best team in the conference. And yeah. I and I sort of feel like they are because I think they're the deepest. Yeah. And they can score in a lot of different ways. They may not have a true, you know, volume score like um, MSU has in Darian White. But I think when a push comes to shove, I think they can score because they can put teams in positions where everybody has to defend. Yeah. And and if that's the case, then you know that's a clear advantage of uh that NAU has over just about any team in the conference because we're not as good in the post as we no. have been. And and if they can get access to the block like they've been in a handful of games, like the especially the game here or yeah. in Missoula rather, since neither of us are actually here. You know, you're in uh, Wyoming and I'm in California. So. <laughs> um, but the point being is that I, I mean, my gut instincts. I would love to see U- UM win that game. I just want yeah. U of M to win a game in the tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, that sounds weird, but we are like one for our last 87 in the tournament for the women's side. So, yeah, um, I think that's the next step that. Yeah. Uh, Coach Holland, Hollinger has has to do is is win a game in yeah. and kind of grow from that. You know, I think they will this 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 year with that Eastern yeah. Washington game. If they can get two, that's great. I think that you know, just based off of what we've seen, I I think it's going to be hard for that semifinal game. Yeah. Could I see it? Yeah, I, I'm not expecting that though. No, I think it's going to be close because I think yeah. they just. I think that's just how the game will play out. Yeah. What it really comes down to is that because uh, I think you in tournament games like this, you got to go with um, who scores easiest, yep. and, and you know, play. and it, it we as much as is as good as Koenig has been. Yep. You know, we she's gotten taken out of games a little bit lately, and I just feel like that that's sort of the. If, if if the U of M is going to make a deep run in this, it's going to have to be on the back of how well Koenig does. Yeah. And if she does well and they're able to use, you know, either in Fakin in a reserve role or coming uh, or not Fakin, but uh, Burton Oliver. Burton, Burton Oliver in a reserve role yeah. and uh, continue to use that seven or eight, you know, person bench. Yeah. Um, you know, and leaning on stump as well, but you know, this is going to come down to whether those freshmen play well, I think yeah. we'll get enough performance out of G feller. Uh, but for us to do well, it's going to have to be on the back of whether Koenig can um, sort of find a way to, to efficiently score. Cause otherwise they'll go through like they did in that MSU game. And like that Portland state game where it's like it, whether it's the second or the third quarter, they just, sometimes it's just, uh, it's really hard for them to find, find a way to score yeah well and that yeah that, that was a weird game too um really weird yeah so they were they were up like 15 14 and then all of a sudden i checked back 
I was dealing with my kiddos and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, wait, what happened here? <laughs> like, holy cow, uh, just drastic. So. Yeah. And, and again, I think it just really comes down to the fact that we're not, again, that's that point guard play, you yeah. know, and at the end of that Portland state game, you really felt like, well, what we really missed is somebody who could facilitate the offense. Yeah. And, you know, we, we don't sometimes really struggle at getting into the offense and, you know, that's what happened in that we had so many opportunities against that Portland in that Portland state game oh, yeah. to win it. And yep. it just was, we couldn't, we turn over the ball a lot and, you know, that's that, you know, give Koenig an extra year, yeah. um, stump an extra year. And suddenly yeah. we're, we're handling the ball a lot better and we don't turn it over nearly as much in those tight spots. But so when you lose close games or have trouble scoring, it's making things a little bit easier and sometimes we make it really difficult. So, yeah. In the next semifinal game, you you look at probably one of the hottest teams probably in Sac State coming in, um, and then Montana State kind of reeling from from losing on their senior day. Uh, that's going to be a really really nice game to watch. Um, I, I I just think that if they somehow Sac and that's Sac State somehow kind of limit Darian White, which is hard to do, I think they'll be in good shape. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be a what type of game is this going to be, right? Is this going to be a fast-paced game that we probably expect it to be with Sac State? Or does Montana do the opposite, which they can, and play this slower ball and slow it up on them, uh, which I could see them doing that as well. Yeah, I feel like that if that's the, that's the feeling I get is yeah. that if – Montana State can not necessarily slow the tempo, but play their game, which is allowing Bad Bear, allowing um, some of their other post players to get touches rather consistently mm -hmm. to where Darian doesn't have to score or score 52 points or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think she could do that anyway if she wanted. But, <laughs> the, the, but I think really this is a game where if bad bear is allowed to get consistent touches and in positions where she can score, um, this is a game I think Montana state wins. Um, yeah. and again, I think partly, I think people sort of underestimated the lack of depth that MSU had mm -hmm. coming out of last year. They're like, well, they're losing, you know, like half of their squad, but, uh, I think that really what, what what it's shown is that they're really good at getting some of those freshmen and sophomores. They have positions to succeed. Yeah, and, well, and, and they do that really, so really well. Yeah, well, while Binford plays, you know, a nine to ten rotation, yeah. and that's and that, so, that for a reason. And <laughs> it's matchup specific. Yeah. And so, and I think this is one of those ones where if you can find a way. Yeah, and I, I just feel like that depth yeah. that MSU plays with, and especially considering with how fast and uh, Sac State can play, um, it's probably going to benefit them more than not. Um, I just feel like when it comes down to if this game's close, it's Darian White's game. Yeah, and yep. I, I, it's hard to not just put all your eggs in the Darian White basket and say this is this is her tournament to lose 
Yeah. But it's really well, not. But I'm yeah. just saying that <laughs> there's not a there's not a more transformative player in the conference women's wise. Um yeah. she's just so good. And she can get any shot she wants from yep. anywhere, and she can manipulate the game defensively. Yep. And so, you know, if you're going to take a stylistic game, which I've only used that word a million times tonight, um, <laughs> you know, you, you, I, I would lean on the fact that Montana State's got a, a very noticeable post presence, um, and they can play um, a pace of a game. And I think they have the ability because they have Darian White to play at a pace that she'll still be allowed to get her points, and it's not conditional on whether this game gets into the eighties or not. Um, but they, they're the one team in the conference that I think matches up pretty dang well with Sac state. Yeah. Um, because of how, how Sac state plays. Yeah. So I think I, I, I take Montana state in that game, to be honest. I did I too. I you know. I think it coming down, I think we have NAU versus Montana state. Can I like flip where you could probably see maybe the Grizz if they play well, where it would be Montana State, Montana, but I think that yeah. I mean, you probably just wins that game. Yeah, I, I do too, and I feel like you know if you were to rank the most likely matchup, I feel like it's going to be that um, that it, the one advantage you know MSU gets that night off um, and having to wait until um, and and getting that so that Sac State has to play two nights in a row, two nights in a row, and so yeah. and I feel like I feel like that. You know, in terms of ranking, I think it's probably most likely going to be NAU on, on the top side of the bracket, probably U of M second, and then on the other side of it. I think it is a little bit of a coin flip. Yeah. But I, like I said, I after watching what Benford's done with that group of girls this year, is that I I'm not likely to bet against her. So, yeah, um, I'd probably take Montana State out of that bottom half. Um, yeah. So. And I, I like honestly, if, if you're going in that championship game, I, I don't see how you go against uh, Darian White. You know, right? W- winning in March is so hard, but the way that teams do it is they have they have a point guard. You know, Darian White. You know, hard for me to say is the best point guard in the conference right now. Um, yeah. I think I think you look at Sac State and they have a tremendous point guard, but I, I don't think she's more. You know. White is more of the floor general, and I think with Sac State's um, point guard, she kind of more is the facilitator and goes in the in the offense. She's not really the floor general in um, yeah scoring and everything like that. If that makes totally any any sense there, um, I got you. A Kalasia D in there. Her, her name yeah, was thank like, you. Uh, slipping me, but. Um, I, I think that, that that just kind of this is the the difference. She she is the difference. I think that they move on and they, and they win that conference. And and for me, you know, I I'm I'm going to stick with my my gut here, which is that I feel like with what NAU does basketball wise, um, they absolutely just boat raced um, MSU twice. Yeah. Um, one by 29. And then the other one was, uh, um, they lost by five, but it was a mm-hmm. game that, um, that I think NAU was, had had relatively good control. I just think yeah. that M- NAU does so many things, um, offensively that you can't just boil it down to one player. 
And mm-hmm. so I feel like, you know, especially in, let me look at it real quick. Um, I, I feel like if any, you gets anywhere into the mid seventies, this is a game that they win by a, a pretty good, a pretty good, pretty good spell. Okay. And I think again, it's just, I feel like they're just deeper. Yeah. Um, you know, they get, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the, you know, Rotaba or Shank will get their points, but they mm-hmm. had, you know, it's six, 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 nine, five, you know, that whether it's, you know, a Trogi, you know, uh, or who I think is might actually be done for the year. Um, but uh, it's uh, one of those, it's one of those things where I feel like that, you know, I think NAU just in terms of regard uh, regards to how complete they are, I feel like they're the team that uh, that if it gets into that those two, I feel like NAU's just probably better positioned to win it. Yeah, definitely. Well, that was that was the recap, guys, of the men's and women's uh, tournament. Uh, like we said, uh, you've got some good basketball happening here starting Saturday. Um, and so if you don't have ESPN plus, definitely check it out. You'll, you'll get some good games. Um, I've got to, I've got to ask Josh, you know, have you seen the WCC conference and how they're doing? It reminds me of a, of a flying V on a, on the, on a duck. Like, like, holy cow, how in the world? Like it looks, I don't know. I don't know how the teams would be like, Oh yeah, let's play that. Like, seriously, like, I don't know. <laughs> and I, I like the idea. Okay. Um, you know, I like it because I yeah. think the, the overwhelming concern when you talk about small conferences is who's going to come out of it. Yeah, definitely. And, and so what you do is you create a setup, which is actually what the big side conference tried to do with this. Yeah. Um, letting the number one and two seeds have the night off before the semis. Yeah. Because I think it sets up a position where generally speaking, the, the death knell for the big sky conference is you don't want to be in that play in game for the 16. Yeah. And if, if you're going to set up a position, it was why, you know, you know, 20 some odd years ago, they went to a four team host format because every year it was the team who won the conference tournament from the last year. And it was just this, uh, it never generated teams who are capable of going into the NCAA tournament and being competitive. And they were just like, most of the time we were 16 line. So I like the idea just because, you know, Gonzaga be one and done, you know, or maybe (laughs) it was maybe two, but that, but the idea is you don't want to set it up to create an environment where anybody other than maybe your top two or three teams can win it. So yeah. in the WCC, it's, you know, two, you know, typically <laughs> it's, it's typically two. two. It's like yeah. St. Mary's and Gonzaga, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, I'm, I'm all for that, especially if you're in this environment where you're the WCC where you get two bids yeah, maybe, but yeah. for Montana, it's for big sky. It's always just going to be one the one yeah. and you want to create an environment where your best teams have a chance to go show out in, in, in the NC tournament. And it's been, what is it? 2008 or 2009 when we beat Nevada. Yeah. And, and that's, that's been twice in my lifetime that, you know, 
uh, the Big Sky Conference has won a uh, NCAA tournament game. Well, you know? either Washington got one win, didn't they? Um, oh, they might have. They might. I think they got one win. Um, yeah, because like, but you know, Montana can claim one. Weaver State yeah. can claim uh, two. Actually, I think, two, but two or three. Yeah. Um, yeah, and but they're all the same, which yeah. is you know they're all coming out of a, a 13, 14, 15 seed type yep. deal. Yeah, I mean it was real rare. I mean Montana got that twelve five game that year, yeah. and and that's literally I think the highest ranked or highest seeded Big Sky Conference team. Most of the time we are 14, 14 15, 15 seed, and I, and I think if Eastern were to win it. We'd probably have the best shot at getting anything else other than probably a 14, 15 yeah. seed. Montana State probably would get a 15, but yeah. anybody else is 16, yeah. and you're doing the play in. Montana's in as a play in, you yeah. know, it's that 16 versus 16 game. Yeah. So it's just what you look at is that what are you doing to create the best opportunity for your conference? And I think the way the Big Sky Conference reset this up now that Southern Utah's gone. Yeah. is probably the best format to ensure that your two best teams are playing in the conference championship game. And, you know, we're still going to go get, you know, beat by 20 by somebody, but because um, <laughs> that's just generally what happens. I mean, it's yeah. been a hot minute since we played, you know, a one or a two possession game under 10 minutes left to go. Yeah, and, I still I still like back in the day when the the you know the Grizz or or whoever hosted it. Uh, I just I just love it's that. a great environment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would yeah. take it. It's yeah. just that I I get what the Big Sky Conference is trying to do because yeah. I feel like um, for for Montana for Montana State for Weaver yeah. State they're the only ones who draw it home, and yep. Yep. and so like when even as far back as when, when the men hosted in the early nineties, that was a sellout environment. Yeah. But the, the other year where we didn't win, we lost to NAU in a semi game. And there was like seven people in the stands for the championship game. Wow. So, so yeah. the point I, I get what the big side conference is trying to do because you can't go into some of those gyms and host a conference championship. Oh no. Yeah. You, you, yeah. I mean, really you can't do it at, you can't do it in Portland. Nope. Uh, you Sac can, State. but it's you can't do it at Sac State. <laughs> um, you know, UNC is. Uh, yeah. Uh, they've done it before, but it's not. It's not the most conducive. It's not no. a very good TV setup, and so you play half of your conference tournament games or your potential for where they would host, and they're not very good places to host, especially yeah. if you're trying to show out for the conference. Yeah. So you know, doing a. I would much prefer them to be in Vegas, but uh, Boise's better than than Reno was. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I would say I would say be I would say Vegas or uh, Spokane Arena, but yeah, I'm surprised know. they don't do like Salt Lake or Denver, like you know. Yeah, but it comes down to whether teams whether arenas want to bid for it, and True. the Big Sky Conference is a 27th out of like 32 team division one yeah power ranking it's not exactly going to create like even the because the wcc um up until they went to what i think they're like at the uh rio or something like that in vegas it was the way the big sky conference used to be it used yeah. to be you know yeah. one year it was played at santa clara the next year it was played at 
um, USD, that type of deal. Yep. And I think the neutral site thing for what the Big Sky Conference want is probably the best of the world if you want to ensure that we don't have a game played at our, a rec center in you know <laughs> Sacramento like they almost had to that year because yeah. they wouldn't have been able to host it on campus. No, and no. So they were like, "Well, we we have a facility we can rent out," and I'm like, "That I'm not sure that that's really satisfies what the conference is trying to do." Yeah, um, which is I don't know how they increase the standing until we start winning non-conference games. So, True. you know, we're still like 27, 28th ranked, and it's we have one team who's. I mean, we might have two teams who have twenty conference win or twenty overall wins, but it's yeah, it's it's going to be another hard year of watching us go play a major um, power five. I mean, a power five conference school yeah. in an environment that's not. I mean, I think of all the teams that we have that's the best suited to go win a game is Eastern. Oh yeah, um, definitely by definitely. a long shot because they score easily. Um, yes. They're a hard matchup. Yeah, everyone and so unless they larger, so. Yeah, and so I feel like if there's a team that goes out and wins that, wins the tournament, that probably is the best for the conference, it would be Eastern. Yeah, definitely. Because um, everybody else, it's just a matter of getting the right matchup, whereas I don't know that it matters as much with Eastern. Yeah. Um, because I think they can play stylistic with, the, with just about anybody. So True. Well, guys, we're going to cut it there. Uh, thank you for listening. We, we can't have uh, – Thank you enough for listening. Uh, Josh, thanks for joining yep. me on here, man. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, Not a problem. Make, make sure you guys uh, go rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find our podcast wherever you can get podcasts. And also, you know, get out and, and show us what you think of your predictions of the Big Sky. Take a picture of it, put fill it out, and and put us in the uh, hashtag and, and link us to it. So we want to see what you guys think. Uh, get us on Twitter at Fight on Montana. We would love to see your bracket, uh, but also just love to see you keep on listening to us. Get a hold of us if you guys want to uh, get in contact us and tell us how how horrible we're doing or how awesome we're doing as well. Uh, <laughs> so I like hate mail. Exactly right. So uh, we will see you guys again next time. And as always, go Grizz. Go Grizz.